0: Welcome to In the Wake with Whitley. Here on this podcast, we cover mental health, life lessons, mindset growth, and tons of storytelling. Together, we'll laugh, we'll cry, and everything in between. I'm your host, Whitley Rogers. I'm a certified life coach and mental health advocate. I'm also a survivor of sexual and mental abuse. I'm here to open up those conversations that are normally uncomfortable or hush hush in society. Keep listening for bits and pieces of my personal journey and insights, along with other interviewees. Today's topic is mental health. Woohoo! Something I'm very passionate about. Now, first things first, let's get this straight. Mental illness and mental health are two different things. Mental illness can fit underneath the topic of mental health, but taking care of your mental health does not necessarily mean you have a mental illness diagnosis. Now, I do have mental illness. I'm diagnosed with anxiety, depression, panic disorder, some trauma, but regardless of mental illness, we all have mental health. We all need to take care of and strengthen our mental state of mind. Mental health is your condition of psychological and emotional well being. It is how we think, feel, and behave. There is a certain stigma towards mental health, and I'm not sure why. I don't know why people shy away and cringe at the mention of mental health. It's equally as important as physical health, it matters. It's a real thing, it's necessary. There's so much weight on physical health in society. Everyone focuses on what they eat and their diets, exercising and working out, staying immune from sickness and disease, healing wounds and breaks, but no one talks nearly as much about mental health. Society seems to have forgotten this section of health. From a young age, we are taught to take care of our physical health, to take care of our bodies. As young as toddlers, we are taught the basic necessities of this, such as when you fall down and get a cut, you put a band-aid on it, or if you eat too much candy, you'll get a stomach ache, or that when you don't feel good, you take something like ibuprofen or you see a doctor. But from a young age, we aren't equally taught about our mental health and how to take care of our state of mind. We aren't taught how to deal with our emotions and feelings. We aren't taught how to manage our thoughts. We aren't told to see a therapist or take medication if we are struggling. These things have more of a stigma towards them. But you can't be considered healthy as a whole if you aren't taking care of your mental health just as much as your physical health. They go hand in hand. I also acknowledge that taking care of your physical health can indeed boost your overall mental health. Getting exercise, walking, running, dancing, working out, they all increase your dopamine levels and help you feel good about yourself. But this isn't enough. This won't be sufficient in satisfying and keeping your mental state strong. But also, if you are neglecting one or the other, they affect each other. For example, if you are eating straight junk every meal, your self-esteem and mental state drops where you no longer feel good. Or if you don't get enough sleep and rest, you aren't mentally present and can't function. So it's important to balance both your mental and physical state because they work hand in hand. Taking care of your mental health is so crucial because it affects every state of your life. If you are lacking a mentally fit mindset, you will find yourself lacking in relationships, your job or business, your passions, and your overall fulfillment and happiness. This is due to your brain and mind being the command center for your whole life and functioning. It processes everything you do and see and hear. It processes your feelings and emotions. It decides how you're going to react or behave. It's the center for all of your decision making. Your mind is the determining factor as to whether you are enjoying your life or not. So when I see lots of people having this shame or stigma towards taking care of their mental health, I don't quite understand. It should be a normal and regular part of every single person's life. Everyone needs to do maintenance in keeping their mind healthy and strong. I cannot stress how important it is. You can have poor mental health without quite having a mental illness diagnosis. Poor mental health can include things like perfectionism. If you hold yourself or situations or other people in your life to a perfect standard, it ultimately means nothing ever meets your expectations and nothing is ever good enough. This leaves you unsatisfied and unfulfilled. Or holding grudges. If you get upset easily, taking things very personally, or just can't let go of things or people that have wronged you, you are hurting yourself more than them. This causes you to always feel resentment, anger, and unsettled. High stress. If you find yourself always stressed and tense, you may have poor mental health. Whether it's that you can't manage your time or, or your priorities, you are left feeling overwhelmed and overworked constantly. Or pessimism. If you are always viewing everything, everyone, and every situation in a negative way, you aren't caring for your mental health. Viewing the world through a pessimistic lens is no way to live. Your self-esteem. The way you view yourself is a part of mental health. If you do not love yourself, if you don't feel you have worth, if you have no confidence, you have some mental work to do. Or taking everything personally. If you get offended by most everything people do or say, you are always going to hurt or be unhappy. If you take things very personally, things that aren't even meant to or directed towards you, you are living in this sort of pity party and sensitive state that is mentally unhealthy. Now, when you are reflecting on yourself and your mental health, let me make this clear to you. Taking care of your mental health isn't always easy. The same way that working out and getting enough sleep isn't always easy. Making sure your mental well-being is in check isn't always comfortable. It's quite hard. It's hard changing habits. It's hard looking inward and doing soul searching. It's hard doing the inner work. But nothing worthwhile is easy. It's hard work, but it's worth it. Every step of the way. Taking care of yourself has so many benefits, and in the end, you'll feel so much better if you make this a priority and important to you. It's also not a comfortable journey sometimes. It gets really uncomfortable making changes and taking a look at your poor mental health habits. But guess what? You're just going to have to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. That's right. Get comfortable. With the uncomfortable, and I promise you it will be worth it. Another thing I want to make clear is that mental health doesn't look the same for everyone. There's not one right way to be or one right path to take. What works for me might not work for you. Our mental health states look differently, and that's okay. You have to get used to trusting yourself and your process. You have to get used to looking inward as to what you need to better your mental health. I can share my journey and my insights as to what has worked for me, and I can give advice or guidance, but at the end of the day, you have to figure out what you need, what you want, and what works for you. For example, a therapy dog or emotional support dog might work so great for me and boost my morale and ease my anxiety, but a therapy dog would do the exact opposite for my mom. It would just cause so much anxiety and stress. So I just want to make that clear and remind you that you have to be in charge of your own mental health. You have to be your own advocate for your health. It's no one else's job to figure out what works for you but yours. It's no one else's job to babysit you and walk you through the steps. You can get guidance and counseling or coaching or therapy, but still you have to do the inner work. You have to be willing. You have to want it. There are so many different resources out there for self-care and mental maintenance work. There are so many books, podcasts, courses, journal prompts, tools, kits, therapies. The list could go on. There is not a one size fits all answer on how to take care of your mental health. Sometimes I wish there was, but there isn't. And that's the beauty of life. We are all so different and so unique. We will all have our own individualized self care routines and resources. I also want to say that. Maintaining your mental health will change throughout your life as you grow and change and evolve. What worked for me two years ago does not work for me now. What worked for me even a couple months ago or when I was fresh out of my abusive relationship doesn't quite do the trick anymore. And that's okay. It's all a journey and learning process, it's a constant getting to know yourself and your needs. So be gentle with yourself on this process. I encourage you to get quiet. Take some time to reflect, ponder, and meditate. Really look within yourself. Take a long look at your life and how you're showing up. Look at your habits and thoughts. Look at how you view yourself and get to know yourself. Really become clear as to what you need to start doing to take care of your mental health. What is it that you need to change or work on? What will make you feel good in the long run, even if it's uncomfortable to work on now? I want to segue into talking more about what mental health is made up of and some of the different tools to take care of yourself. Mental health is made up of your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. The thoughts you have affect how you feel. Then your feelings determine your behavior or how you'll act or respond. An example of this in my life would look something like this. I have the thought that my sister chomps her gum loudly. Due to that thought, I start feeling annoyed. That feeling causes a reaction of yelling at her to shut up or stop more positive example would look like this. I have the thought that I like that stranger's makeup. Then I have the feeling of compassion, gratitude, or love. Then I act by complimenting them and making someone stay. This process of thoughts, feelings, actions happens with everything we do. They're all intertwined to build our mental health, whether that's strong or poor. So the first section of mental health is your thoughts. Most people think that you have zero control over your thoughts. They just happen and you can't help it. It's just natural. But that's not true. You can do work to literally retrain your brain to think differently. I have done it. I have seen and experienced how it works. But it's not an easy or quick process. So first things first is notice your thoughts be consciously observing your own thoughts instead of letting your mind go on autopilot. We have millions, billions of thoughts cross our mind every single day. There is so much going on up there. Your brain really is a magnificent and beautiful thing. So the first step to retraining your brain and thoughts to think differently is practicing mindfulness. Watch your brain as if it was a movie. Separate yourself. Sit back and listen. Observe. Take notes on what is actually happening throughout your brain and mind during the day and certain situations. Notice where those thoughts come from. Why are you thinking certain things? Where does it lead? How do those thoughts affect your mood or behavior? Just journal or write in your notes what your daily thought routine looks like. Then the process of retraining your brain is affirmations and mantras. I know some people get weird about affirmations and think they're cheesy or don't really work, but they do. They do. They work because the neuroplasticity forges new neural pathways. Repeating thoughts Create ingrained paths in your brain, and those negative thoughts have deep, deep valleys of pathways. But affirmations create bridges over those valleys until eventually it's simply the only path left. If you still don't believe in affirmations, think of it this way you already have been saying affirmations in your head your whole life, affirming that you aren't enough, affirming that you aren't worthy affirming all of your fears affirming that you aren't beautiful affirming that you are a failure whatever your's look like you already have the practice of affirmations so you might as well change change them to benefit you and make your mental health improve so after you have ob- observed what your old limiting affirmations look like create a personal list of affirmations for yourself that will change those beliefs around. Whatever you need to hear, start training yourself to think and believe. Another part of my mental health routine for the thoughts category that I use is meditation. I need to quiet my brain for moments of time because my brain is always spinning and creating and all over the place. We are always thinking and buzzing so, meditation helps slow that down and quiets the hardworking mind. So, I challenge you to try meditating to quiet your thoughts for a bit. If you're new to it, use a guided meditation. My personal favorite is an app called Calm. C-A-L-M. This app has breathing techniques that has helped my panic attacks along with specific guided meditations. There are meditations for forgiveness, love, anxiety, self-care, sleep, literally everything. I really enjoy them. So the second part of mental health is your feelings and emotions. I have found that a lot of people don't actually know how to feel their emotions completely. With mental health, there has been a shame around specifically showing or feeling emotion, especially if it's negative emotions like anger, grief, sadness, or pain. But the thing is, we can't be selective in our emotions. You can't pick and choose. Feeling emotion is part of being human. We aren't robots. We can't turn off or disconnect from certain emotions. You can't say, that you're going to only feel happiness or the light, fun, easy emotions, and then, and then ignore the dark, scary emotions. If you try to numb out or select emotions, you end up numbing all of the emotions. It's an all or nothing thing. If you don't allow yourself to feel pain, hurt, and the scary emotions, you can't actually feel deep happiness, pure excitement, and endless gratitude. So if you want to feel the good emotions, you have to allow yourself to feel the uncomfortable ones. You have to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. You have to give yourself permission to feel pain. Give yourself permission to grieve. Give yourself permission to be sad. Maybe part of your thoughts and affirmations are, I give myself permission to feel. My emotions are valid. I will feel deeply and fully. A lot of times people run away from their emotions. They try hiding from them. They distract. They ignore. They numb. But the truth is, you can't outrun your emotions. You know, when a child is neglected or isn't getting enough attention, they act out, they color on the walls, or they throw a temper tantrum in the grocery store. Your emotions will do the same thing. If you don't give them the time of day, they will boil up, they will get even bigger and scarier than they were at first, and they will explode in your face. You'll snap and yell at your family, or you'll cry for hours, or you'll have a mental breakdown. It might take hours, it might take weeks, or it might even take years. But in the end, you can never outrun them. You can't keep shoving them down. You can't keep them in. When we don't actually want to feel our emotions that come out, we numb them out. For me personally, I scroll and scroll and scroll through Instagram or Facebook or I watch three seasons of Grey's Anatomy, or I take a four-hour nap. Anything to ignore my problems. But that is not a mentally healthy solution. So instead, allow yourself to feel whatever you need to feel. Feeling emotion is human. Feel deeply, feel freely, feel immensely. Instead of bottling up your emotions, let them out in some healthy form. Maybe for you, that looks like talking to a therapist, friend, family member, verbally getting everything out. Maybe you need to scream into a pillow. Maybe you need to do an insane workout and sweat it all out. Maybe you need to punch a punching bag. Maybe you need to cry and release it that way. Allow yourself permission to do whatever is needed for you personally. Now the third section to mental health is your behaviors and actions. These are your habits, your responses, your routines. I've had to change my routines in order to stay mentally healthy. Part of my daily routine that I had to change was my sleep routine. I guess that's actually not my daily routine. That's my night routine. Anyway, a couple of years ago in high school, I was going to bed late between midnight to 3 a.m., depending on the night. Then I was waking up at 5 or 6 a.m. to get ready for school. I was getting little to no sleep, and it was affecting my mental health. I would go into a negative spiral of thought really easily, or I'd be extra moody and not be able to function productively. When I lacked sleep, my behaviors and actions were not in alignment with what I wanted. As I reflected upon my daily routines and the things I needed to change, I realized that I need at least eight hours of sleep each night. No exceptions. I started going to bed no later than nine o'clock for uh, how early I had to get up in the morning. It was hard. But I had to retrain my brain and body to fit with my mental health. And some of my friends thought I was weird going to bed at 8 or 9 o'clock being in high school. But, I mean, people called me a grandma. But guess what? That's taking care of my mental health and setting boundaries and knowing what I need. Another part of behavioral mental health is setting boundaries for myself. I have to lay down boundaries with myself, other people in my life, and situations that come up. I have to take care of my needs and make sure I'm not being overworked or overstimulated. A lot of times we are go, 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 and we don't get time to recharge. Stop running on empty. It's not possible. If you run out of gas, your car stops working and driving. You need to fuel yourself up, and if setting boundaries or changing your routines does that, then so be it. If I need to recharge myself because I have had a really stressful day or week, I may have to cancel plans or change my plans to do something that is better for what I need. Or if I know beforehand that certain situations, activities, or people bring my mental state down, I set boundaries. I say no to those things. I don't put myself in situations that cause my mental state to deteriorate. The thing with boundaries is that the person who gets upset with you placing them is the person that is benefiting from you not having them. So don't be scared to set them, even if someone gets upset. Don't waver in your boundaries. It's important for your mental health to do what is needed for you. Another part of this is your habits. I had to look long and hard at my habits and work on one at a time. Your habits form who you are as a whole, as a whole person. They say that it takes 21 days to break a habit. It also takes 21 days to create a new habit. So maybe each month you either work on breaking a habit or creating a better one in its place. One habit I am working on right now is my phone usage. I'm trying to break the habit of my phone being the last thing I see before I go to sleep and the first thing I see when I wake up. Instead, I have set in place that my new habit is going to be put my phone away for at least an hour before I go to bed. And instead, I let that hour be filled with reflection of my day and I read a book until I go to sleep. Then when I wake up, I don't grab my phone the second I open my eyes. I don't touch my phone for an hour after I wake up. I leave an hour of silence for me to fully wake up, ponder my day ahead, meditate, stretch. So for the behavioral part of mental health, I encourage you to reflect on how you show up to life, how you show up in relationships how you show up for yourself and see what can be changed or can be added to benefit your overall mental state of being. So to wrap up, we talked about the thoughts, feelings and behaviors that make up your mental health and how to improve or take care of them. The song I wanted to recommend after this episode is called all right by walk off the earth. It has such a fun beat in tune to it. So it gives me a lot of hope and light that everything will be all right. The lyrics read, Hey kid, wake up. It's waiting for you under the sun. Hold it, learning what you want already begun. Don't let regrets have a party in your head. Nowhere compares to the places you'll be left. Open your eyes and don't forget. Hey, you know that you're all right now. I could tell you, you were burning bright. Hey, you know that you're all right now. Breathe in, be it. Feel it running through your veins, traveling forward, constantly changing it. Nothing ever stays the same. Hey, you know that you're all right now. The one and only, you're one and only. Don't feel lonely because you're all right. I could tell you we're burning bright. Hey, you know that you're all right now. So that's all we have for today. Thanks for listening and tune in next time. I hope this podcast left you feeling empowered, better understood, and less alone in this crazy thing called life. If you like what you hear, leave a rating or review and share it with your friends. Thanks for listening and tune in next time.